speaking of cook, welcome to the Story Mode Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Munro. I am joined tonight or today or this morning or this afternoon, whenever you, whenever you listen to this, we don't care, by our good friend, Joel. Hey, you doing, buddy? I'm good, thanks, man. How are you? Oh, I'm living the dream. I'm not coughing up a lung like last episode <laughs> yet. So that's good. This time. And how, I'm also joined tonight by Felix. Hey, you doing, buddy? Hello. I'm back again. I'm doing well. Back. I'm good. In pog form. In, in what? No, in pog form. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't I did, I realize. Are you too young to get Simpsons references? No. Am I old? Not at all. Well, I am old. I, well, yes, but I do understand ah. Simpsons references. Look, prior, prior to us recording in the pre show, which you can uh, be a part of at twitch.tv forward slash sorry mode AUS. Oh, I spoke too soon about the coughs. Um, we'll talk about musicals. Joel, you have a lot of uh, knowledge of the musical sphere. Mm-hmm. What would a story mode musical look like? Oh. Hmm. I think. Oh. They'd have to. I think it would make the it would make Cats the musical look like Cats the movie. Oh my god, that's not hard because Cats sucks. Yeah, there I said it. Um, I, I can the one listener. Don't, yeah. like, Oi! That, that one little bit of the Venn diagram of Cats fans and people who listen to Story Mode video game podcast. That one person's like, "Fuck." You. I, I personally think I'm, I could go off on this, but I personally think Andrew Lloyd Webber is overrated. But that's me. Um, uh, hot takes. I yeah. I so I got some hot takes about about all that stuff. He made a musical about trains that fall in love, performed entirely on roller skates. Like what the? What were you on? Wait, what? What's it called? Starlight Express. Look it up. It's like the epitome. That of, dope. It's like what? the epitome of like coked up eighties. Like it's whoo. Um. Yes, I I feel like there'd have to be some sort of like. I reckon right before the intermission, there'd be like a, a face-off, a, an argument face-off song between Jesse and Simon. I feel like that have to, would have to be in there. Mm. Um, There's got to be a song about all of the segues that Jesse comes up with. Yes, yes. I come onto stage on a segue oh. and just like one lights on me. And, and what happens is every time you segue, it goes to a different like song or a different style of music. Segways between different genres, and his his main song is "And Speaking of." That's what the song's called. <laughs> speaking of, <laughs> All right, I'm gonna give Lin Manuel a call. Tom Sutright, that's got his fantastic. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about this at all, <laughs> Felix. What have you been up to? Uh well, I've had a bit of a busy couple of weeks, but it's all been, you know, I get calm. When I sit down and I play Dreamlight Valley, that's what I've been playing recently. And it is truly like solvent to the stress glue that is holding everything in my brain. A prisoner. How's that for you? description. <laughs> that was okay. Felix, Felix wants a song in this musical. Um, <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to talking about that soon, um, later in the episode, because I'm... I'm very intrigued. Me too. Intrigued mm. by this. I've just been playing Last of Us, remembering how much that game ruins me. I for- I haven't played The Last of Us, I mean, part one. I haven't played Last of Us for a while. But I completely forgot about the whole, like, university sequence and how messed up it is oh. and how, look, spoilers for a 13-year-old yeah. game, um, when Joel gets injured and... Ellie is like desperately trying to save him. And then there's that, it cuts to winter and you play as her. And I remember when I first played them, I was like, he's dead. Uh, yeah. I yeah. was like, no, yeah, it's absolutely. not true. Like, surely, surely they can't kill him. They're not going to kill off this character. How naive I was. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Give it time. But, oh, man, mm. what a good game with one bug that almost broke it for me. <laughs> There's a part with a door that won't open, like the little thing. You, you have to go into your accessibility option and skip puzzle. Oh. Which actually made me explore the accessibility options, and I was thoroughly impressed. Awesome. Very vast. So, cool. Yeah. Things and roundabouts. 
Exactly. You know, it, it gives me a bit of a bit of hope for games going forward. Speaking of hope, sparks of hope. Oh, this song's writing itself. Let's talk about some video games, guys. I mean, I know we just were, but let's talk about some <laughs> current news off video games. Oh, that was a good sentence. We had a bunch of uh, reveals and, and and trailers happen over the last week. Uh, Ubisoft Forward, plus we had the whole Disney Marvel showcase. Uh, so we thought we'd just rattle through a few games that were either revealed or we got a bit of a more in-depth look at. One of those games we got a bit more of an in-depth look at is Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope sequel to the Mario Rabbids Battle Kingdom or Kingdom Battle. I don't know. Kingdom Kingdom Battle. Battle. It's the it. one that doesn't sound as good as it should. Mm. It should be the other one. It should be Battle Kingdom or Kingdom Battle, whatever it is. A game that I absolutely adore. Um, Felix, you're, you're a bit of a fan of it, right? Yes. I didn't end up finishing that first game, but I played probably 60% of it. It was... Um, way better than it had any right to be. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It, it yeah. didn't make any sense how solid the combat oh, in this game is. Unreal. But we got to see a, a, a bit more of this new game. Scope is literally out of this world. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm on fire today. We um go to a bunch of different planets. In this trailer, we got to see the uh, planet called Terraflora. Great name. And we see a battle like a dynamic train battle that involves a corrupted Wiggler and a bunch of new enemies and a bunch of new heroes with new abilities. Joel, what did you think of this little gameplay tease? I mean, it's uh, it for, for me, it looks more of the same, but with improvements and quality of life things that I can tell from just this sort of brief look at it. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because, as you've both said, that game is, like, the first game was such a surprise. It had it had such an uphill battle that it had to face to come out and and not only come out and be a Mario Rabbids game, but the fact that it got leaked, like, hours before or even, like, days before or something like that, and so people were, were already primed and, and people were primed and ready to ha- like just absolutely trash it. Um, and then it came out and people saw it and were like, okay. And then the game came out fully and people played it and was like, this actually slaps. Like it, it, it's a, it's, it's a really solid game. So I, I, I'm excited just that they're, they're not sort of messing with the formula too much. Um, yeah. I, I think, it looks fantastic. I, I don't know if I'm going to get it at launch but because I never finished the first one either, but um, it's definitely something that looks very, 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 very enjoyable and I think will Weak. do very well. I'm going to be sleeping outside of, outside of EB Games. I would legit go to the Midnight launch for it if it had one. I am so pumped for this game. I actually forgot that it's coming out so soon because it was revealed like two years ago. Mm. But you just, like the way you mentioned could you imagine the elevator pitch of this game? It's like, I want to make a Mario game. Okay, I want to cross it over with Rabbids. From the, from the Rayman games? Yeah. What sort of game is it going to be? Uh, a tactical one? With Mario? Yeah. When did you give him guns? Yep. How many? Two. But, yeah. Sick. That's the thing. I remember seeing, like, that leaked document that had, like, all that listing off all that stuff, and it was just like, this is going to be an absolute train wreck. Like, this is going to be a nightmare. This could be, like, this could undo so much Nintendo goodwill and all this stuff. And then, yeah, it came out and it was like, oh, actually, no, we should have full faith. This, They know what they're doing. It's fine. Uh, it's it, it colourful XCOM, but it takes what X, XCOM does so mechanically and it makes it feel really organic and smooth and fun. Yep. And it's... It seems more accessible because of that reason. I would say it's actually harder than XCOM. There, is, there are some difficulty spikes in this game that made me hit my head against the wall. Mm. Um, and I actually had to go back and work out how to play characters, which I rarely, rarely do, and think about battles in different ways and do different things. Like when they start introducing like shield enemies and stuff, and there's vampiric ones. Ugh, ugh. I think it, it, but, it is the type of game it rewards you for experimenting as well. Like... Whereas XCOM is like kind of go in with a plan and kind of stick to it as much as you can. Um, I, mean, I haven't played much XCOM, so that could be completely wrong. But um, 
Whereas this one was like, all right, start messing around with like looking at what these characters can do and then setting yourself up to set up these like insane chain reactions that sort of just have almost like an infinite loop of damage to enemies, which is, yeah, it's really, really cool. One of the big uh, differences in Sparks of Hope is the introduction of of the Sparks, which is these little elemental pixie thingies that you can choose to be part of your squad when you go into a battle, and it will change how you play. So they can give you abilities like uh, you can get different buffs and debuffs and such. Felix, how do you feel about this added layer of uh, tactics? I think it's a little bit intimidating at first because obviously it, I saw, I think they showed like the UI with that menu of all of those sparks. And it seemed like there were a lot of different yes. ones that you could collect, which is very cool. And it opens up for a lot of customization with different build types and, you know, creating viable ways to play the game. Uh, but for me, who I, I do love XCOM and I love tactical games, it's actually a slight turnoff in my mind just because I see all that and I'm like, oh, I just really hope that that's not, you know, I don't have to be a master of that to beat the game, which yeah. is some some tactical games, they're kind of like, okay, we're introducing this system to you and you're going to have to be really good at it if you want to master this thing. And I'm like, oh, that seems like a lot of work. But, you know, I could be wrong. I could It could just be an optional extra that, you know, could just help enhance your experience if you want that. I've got to agree with that. That made me a little bit nervous because one of the cool things about the original is it's there aren't a bunch of systems at play, so it does allow you to master them and, and to understand them intrinsically. So when you make these really complex maneuvers, it all makes sense to you. Like you, You're able to do really complex stuff because the tools you're working with are quite simple. Adding another system and layer to it, is it going to hamper things or go the other way make things a little bit too easy you can spam your way through fights i don't know but i mean based on the gameplay itself it looks it looks fun as fuck it looks there's big wigglers coming down like you have a train fight in this tactics game it doesn't make any sense you got mario hopping over like seven different enemies heads to go shoot this black ghoul of this big worm yeah, the, you have a little rabid train conductor. They dialed it up to 11 for sure, I, which yeah. I don't even know how that was possible from the first game. That was wacky enough, but <laughs> they've done it. They've done it. I'm, I'm just saying, Elden Ring, whatever, Ragnarok, sure, you may be fine, but Sparks of Hope could be my game of the year. Wow. Oh. That'll be interesting. It's not even out yet. It's not even out yet. <laughs> Go to hell, cult of the lamb. Get out of here. You said that like a, like a young kid on the playground. It's not even out yet. <laughs> Guess what? Yeah. My dad works at Nintendo and I've already yeah. played it. <laughs> I've already played, I've already played uh, I've actually played number three as well. They actually <laughs> asked me what I wanted it. <laughs> now let's move on to uh, another game that isn't out and won't be out for a long time. It doesn't even have a goddamn name. There is an unnamed Amy Hedig Skydance New Media um Disney Marvel game. Maybe that's what they'll call it. It is a Black Panther slash Captain America game set in World War II. It's not going to be co-op, um, but there will be multiple characters probably playable. So you have those two. And then you have a Howling Commandos member and a member of the Dora Milaje. Um, and the Black Panther you play as is actually T'Challa's grandfather, Azuri. That's basically all we know about it. Narrative-driven, epic, big summer blockbuster game. As... I didn't see this coming. Are you excited for this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm excited for the concept. I don't know what the game looks like, so I, I'm reserving all of my expectations until that, I see some footage. Yeah, that's a that's a fair that's a fair uh, stance to take. I I like the just person in me who likes to get excited at the drop of a hat is just like yes. And I've been burnt by Amy Hennig before, not not her specifically, but a project of hers before that I got super excited about before I got killed by EA. So um, I, I still wish we got to see a little bit more of that Star Wars game, but that might have made it hurt even more. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you put Amy Hennig in anything. I'm such a fan of Uncharted and, and like, all Uncharted, new, old, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be interested in this no matter what. And then there's, like, oh, it's also a Marvel game. Also, it's a, yeah, Captain America, Black Panther, World War Two game. I was like, uh, yeah, yes. That Sign sounds fantastic. Up. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. Those trailers that just give you a bit of a hint of what the flavor of a game will be, they normally bug me because, like, why bother? This one, though, got me really good. The music and that slow reveal. I almost wish it didn't have the Marvel logo at the start mm. because that would have been a oh shit moment when you see Cap's shield and the claw across it. Like, ah, I know who's involved here. This is rad. You bring up the, the cancelled Star Wars game. Apparently, that was going to be very similar to what we're seeing here. So I wonder how much of that story she's been like, look, I've written a really good story here. We just need some notable characters. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised by that. So I, I think regardless of what this game plays like, the narrative is going to be dope. Yes. Do you, it not being co-op is also a really good thing. I think we've seen... Marvel cop games and uh, their shit. Yeah, I guess the natural comparison is to Marvel's Avengers, but like, I I hope it doesn't introduce any loot mechanics or you know Gotham Knightsy style stuff where it's it's very like loot based and you're upgrading your world level and and things like that. I really hope that it's more narrative focused and. If it's a slightly more grounded Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what I was going to say. Sure. I think set in World War II. Yes, please. Because and that also co- covers your bases. The writing and stuff from that. Yeah. And it also covers the bases of they've shown a, a completely different team, but like they've shown that they can do a, a single player game where you are in control somewhat of an entire team of characters. Um and it works, I think, really well. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is such a great game. Um, I I would love. I I don't want to be in that position of liking Guardians of the Galaxy, where you you are controlling everybody, but you're really just playing Star Lord. I don't want that to be the case in this no. by any means. I want I want to be able to play all four of these guys. They all seem uh, really cool. Yeah, I, I I would as well. But I think it's good that there's 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 a concept there that there's. Just because you've got multiple characters that people want to play doesn't mean you have to make it a multiplayer game, which is good. For sure. So, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I like how it's a little bit subdued from what we've seen so far. But, I mean, part of the narrative I'm interested about is we see Cap's shield with a claw across it. They're, they're going to be fighting at one point. And that's a good fight. Sure is. Yeah. Yep. Being T'Challa's grandfather, I'd love if he was old. Just have this, like, 75-year-old man just plodding along. You have the, Luckily, he has good armor. You have the, the start of the game. It's him talking to T'Challa and, he, like, explaining the story, and that's where it kicks off. That's who I want. Him at that stage. Yeah. He's retired. He's a bit bigger. <laughs> I'm ready to fight. Um, I'm sure we'll be speaking about this game a lot more in future. I think we're, we're about to eat, eat good for narrative-driven superhero games. We've got Spider-Man. Two coming out. We've got Wolverine yes. coming out. Oh, so yes. So excited. Yes, please. <laughs> it's going it, to be an absolute dream. Speaking of dream, Disney wow. Dreamlight Valley. <laughs> Felix, you mentioned this jump of the show. You've been playing it lately. I've seen a lot of people on my socials been um, playing it, and I'm intrigued. But I did ask, what the fuck is it? Good question. And I had absolutely no idea what the answer to that question was when I started playing it. But I very quickly understood that it is basically if you just took Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley and you just put Disney characters in them. And really, for a lot of people, that's just like every box they need ticked, jump straight into it. And having been one of those people and played the game, I can say you need to play this right now. Because me, what, or people the, people, the people who love Disney and want that experience... It's really good. It is really good. You, okay. you, you're. It's basically the same setup. You're older now, and you've grown up, um, and you used to be in this. You used to have this little imagination land in your childhood brain that had all these characters in it. 
but you've grown up and you, you've since like moved on, but you've come back now and they're in trouble and they need your help. It's kind of like a Christopher Robin type situation from that live action movie. Right. Um, I like that angle. It is really cool. And it is so weird. And, um, you know, all the different tones of lots of different Disney properties coming together and clashing. You can have all these different characters in your village and you're building houses for them, places for them to stay. You'll have Maui interacting with Mickey Mouse. You'll have like, uh, you know, Scrooge McDuck coming over to tell Wally what he's doing wrong building his house. It is so weird and wacky. There's this dark side story where Mickey has lost Minnie and he's grieving for her. It is wild. It is all over the place and so bizarre. Well, like she's dead or they're divorced. I won't spoil it, but it is so strange and utterly weird. It is so intriguing, though. And you've got other characters. You've got villains. They just announced post-launch content for, like, Toy Story and The Lion King that they're bringing into the game. You know, need I say more? There's a lot of Animal Crossing stuff in there, like fishing, mining, uh, gardening. Um, Wally runs his own little garden that you can go and uh, help him tend oh, to. Love Wally. Um, Wally. Literally, Wally. I saw Wally runs around the whole camp playing that little song. He just runs around doing that. You may have just sold me on the yeah, game. Literally, I know, right? You have sold this game to me so hard. Like I've got it. I. I and the fact that there's Moana in it. Oh, Moana's there. Yeah, yeah. I've got it installed. I just haven't had a chance to look at it yet. Because I downloaded it on my what Xbox. What are you playing it on? I'm playing it on Xbox because it's you know, with Game Pass. Um, mm. But it's also available on Switch and I think every other platform. It's everywhere. It would be a great Switch okay, game. It would be. That's, I would like to play it on Switch, but I don't want to pay for it just yet. So I want to check it out. I think you can Pass. link your profiles too. So it's Excellent. the same on every platform. Oh, good. I did see a few articles going around saying that the best way to play it is on Steam Deck. Right. Mm. So I wonder, because there's an absolute gulf in the differences of power if they're through handhelds, I wonder if it is a bit buggy on the Switch. I'm sure it is. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah. Everything is. Even on Xbox, I've encountered a few technical issues. There's been some glitches where the camera glitches out and it sends you like flying off in a different direction then it whips back. It's a bit distracting on occasion. It's in early access though, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's really, yeah. really yeah, crisp fair. and good for early access. The uh, only downsides I could say to the game that you should probably know going in is that like it can be quite repetitive, like Animal Crossing type games tend to yep. be. It can be quite repetitive and you're doing the same thing. And like it, it's definitely a clone of that game. Like you've got Nook Miles, but in this one you've got Dreamlight, which basically functions the exact same way. Um, you know, yeah, those sorts of things, they're still there. And if you don't like those things about Animal Crossing, you're not going to like them in, in Dreamlight Valley. So, you know, there's a fair warning, but I thoroughly am enjoying my time with it. It's it's really, really good. And there's a full cooking system as well. And Remy helps you cook. So, God, oh my God. <laughs> Let's, uh, he's, I need he's got to, his I own little go, restaurant. I need to go. Can I just go on to my slight, every few episodes, I like to go on my little um, tangent about bagging out Jordan Peterson. Now, hell of a tangent to be in. Have you guys seen the video on Twitter? Somebody cut it together and it's called Jordan Peterson explaining the plot of Ratatouille on PCP. <laughs> yeah, I did. So somebody's cut clips of this fucking clown talking 15 years ago back when he looked healthier. He didn't look like a walking corpse. Mm. And he was talking about how like the, the brain of a rat works different now and like how we're, human putting chemicals in their body is changing how we act naturally some dumb shit but they've cut all these parts where he's like the normal rat's like this it's like this it goes around it sniffs that's the normal rat it's 50 seconds of it's him doing hilarious alright and it kills me every time so every time I hear about Ratatouille I'm just like oh my god I, I can't get that out of my head <laughs> Fitness, i got two questions about this game for you yeah one if you're not a Disney fan will this we get into it all. And secondly, if you are a Disney fan, is it a little bit too fan servicey? Um. Okay. First question. I'm not too sure. There's too much for you if you're not a Disney fan. It's 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 a fun game, but 
it the it's at its best when those moments are I've just come out of my house, I'm waking up for the morning and I'm I'm going out and I I say hi to to I don't know, Goofy as he walks past and then he goes down down the way to chat to Moana who's fishing on the beach. Like it's just fun little storytelling experiences like that. I'm not sure if you're not into Disney and all their properties. I'm not sure there's too much there for you, to be honest. Second question. Uh, wait, what was the second question again? Is the fan service stuff, do they get on the nose a little bit? Oh, I see. Um, I wouldn't say so. I think the, the fan service that they do do, and that's a very loaded term, but I think the stuff that appeals to me personally playing the game are things that I just love about the movies and I miss those characters and I get to experience a new adventure with them which is cool like I really love Wally uh, and just seeing Wally running around is enough for me Um, but him also singing that song and then there's a few like jokes to the movie like you know Maui will say you're welcome a lot to you a lot uh, but you know, and and there's like little jokes like that. You're like, hey, that's funny, but they're not. They don't outstay their welcome. Those things. Right. Yeah, they're, they're just fun little throwaways. The reason I ask those two questions is because I never really got into the, the old Disney stuff at all. Um, but the recent stuff has been great. Like I love Moana. Wally is one of my favorite films ever. Yeah. So I'm really glad you focus on those two characters because you knew the weight of my heart. There. <laughs> So I was hoping that I, if I play it, I'm not going to get too lost. And I can just enjoy it for what it is. Are they going, I mean, let's face it, at this point, Disney owns us. Yep. It, Disney owns everything. Yep. Are they going wild with the properties they're putting in there? Like, do you think we'll see Star Wars and Marvel? It's hard to say. They, they haven't gone wild. I'll say that. There's only, let's see, I could probably count them for you now, like on maybe two hands, the properties that they put in there. Um, and some of the properties- oh. Uh, haven't even got some of the major characters in them. Like they've got like the four, the classic four, with like Donald Duck, Goofy, Mickey, and Minnie. Um, and they've got like Scrooge McDuck in there. Um, and there are some other ones. Like yeah, obviously I've mentioned Moana, I mentioned Ratatouille, Wally, um, and there are some other ones in there. Maybe two or three more that maybe have one to two characters each. There is really not. Like, you know, you think about it, the amount of properties that Disney's, uh, Disney owns in just Disney Pixar, and there's maybe 5% of what they own is in this game. They, they're definitely gearing up for future releases. Um, I, yeah, I want to be a wild. I, I want to see, like, how would the duck meet Scrooge? Yes. I, I need to see that conversation. That could be funny. <laughs> no, introducing Iron Man or Luke Skywalker to this game, it, it would feel a bit out of place, I think but I don't know what the game would will look like in two or three years. So if if it makes sense at that time, I don't see why they wouldn't put that in. We've seen with games like Fortnite, if you go down that rabbit hole of being like everything, everything goes in there and you do it right, it actually works. Mm-hmm. So it would be, it would be quite intriguing if you're I, also, I want, I, I'm assuming you get to build houses and, and stuff like fill up houses and stuff like yeah. that. I would love just stuff from other properties. It, so yeah. you make it like a lightsaber you can hang up on the wall or you make it an Iron Man suit you can put in the corner. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and the stuff that they do have with that is cool. Like I've got a little Mike Wazowski backpack for my character. Um, there's like a, there is like a, a little moment. battle pass system. It's not a fully, like it's not, um, as far as I know, you, you can't pay real money for stuff in the game, as far as I'm aware, um, I still haven't quite figured it out. Yeah, yeah. But there I was is like curious a about monetization for it. Yeah, there is a battle pass type system. Um, right now, it's a bit hazy on how it works, but you're basically completing specific tasks every day to get this other currency that you use to get rewards. I recently got like a Mrs. Incredible outfit for my character that I can put on and run around in, which is kind of fun. But other than that, it's pretty. It's not like any game breaking stuff. You can't buy like XP boosts or friendship character boosts or anything like that. I hope they keep it that way because, let's face it, they 
this could be ruined with microtransactions well, when it releases fully. Yeah. That's what I'm curious about because it's by Gameloft, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. So Gameloft are primarily a mobile games company. So, oh, no. yeah. And I, so, yeah. It does worry me. And I, I even like a while ago, I downloaded Mirrorverse on my phone, which is that recent Disney uh, mobile game, which is one of those mobile games, which is just like they all it's kind of seem the same at the end. It, it's filled with microtransactions and it's almost impossible to play, free to play. This is by far, by far more polished, far better, far more enjoyable and more well-written. And they actually pay very close attention to how each character behaves and should behave based on how they behave in the film. They're all, they're not fully voice acted, but they have voice acting, um, which I, it's definitely not from the original actors because uh, that would be far too much of a budget issue. But some really convincing sound alikes uh, for most of them. Um, good enough. Yeah, definitely good enough. But it is, you know, at least from this early access, far more sophisticated of a, of a, a game than those real free-to-play microtransaction mobile games. I, I have I have faith. I truly do. Yeah. It will awesome. be interesting to see what this game becomes as it moves forward. Speaking of forward, Ubisoft forward was over the weekend. I am three for three, you sons of bitches. You're on fire. Um, on fire. Ubisoft forward was um, held over the weekend where they showed a bunch of things that we're not going to talk about because... I'm not talking about Division Mobile. I can't do it. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> no. I can't do it. We're going to focus in on the Assassin's Creed announcement, starting with an announcement that was leaked, as all Ubisoft announcements are. Um, and we did cover it a little bit last week. If you want to go back and listen to the episode, we are on Spotify and iTunes. Go give us some love. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Give us whatever you want. Send us a gift. I don't know. Um, Assassin's Creed Mirage. The next game in the uh, franchise that's gone a little bit, gotten a little bit rocky, a little bit long-winded as of late. Bloated. Bunch of 2,000 hour plus um, RPG titles in, um, what was it? Valhalla, Odyssey, and what was the one before that? Origins. Way too long. Great games, but way, way too long. Mirage is a... Love letter to the original, which is apt because next year does mark the 15-year anniversary of Assassin's Creed. It's going to be a short narrative, of short by Ubisoft standards, narrative-driven game um, based in Baghdad. We're going back to actually focusing on um, the things these games used to be about. I don't know. It's um, assassinations. They're going mm. back to that. It's really bold. Pretty bold. I don't yeah. know. I wouldn't have expected yeah. it. Experience How are we feeling about Pepperidge Farm AC remembers. Mirage? <laughs> How are we feeling about Mirage? Amazing. I, yeah, I have no real connection to like like real affinity for Assassin's Creed, but I mean, this sounds great. Sounds like what a lot of people want as well. It, it definitely is, and I'm very very attuned to the AC community. Um, I follow a lot of people on YouTube, follow a lot of people on Twitter who are very tuned in as well. And it's interesting to note Mirage is not full price. It is yes, yes not a hundred dollar not a hundred dollar AU game. Um Ubisoft respecting its player base. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, which which <laughs> this is, wild. is on one hand really cool because you know it signifies to us that it's gonna be a much more a much tighter and probably shorter action adventure game rather than one of those big sprawling RPGs, which we've recently had and are, you know, I can't do it again. Yeah, no, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. But, and we'll talk about it later. It also comes off as we're going to put more of our time and effort and our money into the next thing that we're doing, which, you know, does seem like one of those bigger RPG games. Yeah, but in terms of Mirage, it is really really cool because in that cinematic trailer we saw so much stuff that is coming so back much. from the original AC, like the the lanterns swinging around the corners. We're getting pole vaults, like from you know the Aladdin movie, like across buildings. 
We have um, social stealth, you know, assassinating from a bench. That stuff, just simple stuff like that that we really, really miss. Um, yeah. and You're actually using the finger blade again. Yes. Like, it, it, it's part of your arsenal again. It's not just there. And there's no... B- it, this is... There's no bows and, or arrows in this game as well. Um, you're using your throwing knives. You're going to have to approach situations just like he did back then. Oh, man. It could be a very small and built-up city. I loved in AC 1 and 2 where you ha- you got to know the city like the back of, back of your hand. So when you were in trouble, you always knew how to get out of it and you actually felt like you know the city, like you're actually the assassin there. So you know these little secret nooks and crannies to hide in. Whereas with the bigger sprawling RPGs, you go to an area to do a mission and then you'll never really return there. There's no point. It, it, is, it is a set piece. Yeah. That always bummed me out because there's some beautiful places. Like the one that sticks out to me is the um, Salt Flats in Odyssey. Yeah. One of the most beautiful locations I've ever seen in the game. But you never really go back there. There's a side quest there and that's it. It's okay. there's, there's something to be said for having like that recognition and affinity for a, a location. I mean, it's why Yakuza is like one of the reasons why it's so popular as well, because up until seven, it was the same area you played the, the the map was the same streets that you would explore so they would change slightly because they were set in different time periods but you, you knew after a while you're like oh yeah cool i know exactly where i'm going if you you know had played a yakuza game before so having that familiarity and like you said being able to get yourself out of a tight situation and go i know exactly if this goes south i know exactly where i need to go to get out of this yeah. situation it's really cool. One of the things I really like about this as well in the latter games, when you fight, it's more of a brawl. Like you've got a bunch of different weapons. You got stats, you got numbers coming all over across the screen. I didn't care for it. Judging from this trailer, you're going back to being badass. You're throwing down smoke. And when smoke clears, there are bodies. And that's what I used to love in AC2. Walking past two guards and doing the double assassination in a smoke cloud. That is just, that is heroin. I absolutely love it. Uh, It's going back to being a game about you being a badass. You are a machine. I'm not, I don't know how I feel. At the end of the trailer, you 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 assassinate the guy and you go back into this weird realm when you assassinate people. I'm glad that's back. But you also see like demons. I'm like, yeah. And stop. we talked about it last stop week. <laughs> talked about it last week, but you know, and I won't spoil anything on this episode. But you know, there are things about Basim that you uncover in Assassin's Creed Valhalla that will come into play in this game, even though it is set before. They'll come into this game, and Basim will evolve over the course of the game to become more like he is in in Valhalla. Um, and those I, I watched little creatures some YouTube videos after you explained the ending of Valhalla to me last week I went I'm like okay I need to be up to date with the AC law and I saw some videos and they go for about four hours yeah. <laughs> like oh no yeah man like, oh god just take what I told you that's basically it that's all I yeah. need um also, a nice little factoid I saw on Twitter today is the the logo. I'm a, I'm a sucker for the AC logo. I think it's great. Also, sorry, to kind of mention really quickly, the the proper like eagle hood is back. Yes. Mm. Ah, thank Beautiful. you. But the logo, and we'll get into another very, very cool logo shortly, it actually has Arabic writing um, and, and characters in it. And it says, um, I apologize, I'm going to say it so wrong. It says Al-Makfi. Which means the hidden one in Arabic. Ooh, very nice. Oh, I, like the, I like that little I did touch. See that, yeah. that's, that's a nice little touch there. Very cool. Um, amazing, amazing voice cast. This is the most hype I've been for an AC game since Black Flag. This is so up my alley. This is exactly what I needed. Um, to a point. Now I was really excited about this game. Really excited about it. And uh, last night, I was lucky enough to be invited to to Joel and Karen's fabulous podcast, Dialogue Options. Go give them, them some love as well. And something was revealed on that, which broke my heart. 
into a million pieces like a like a hidden blade right into my chest cavity there will be no animus there will be no future modern day stuff in this game they're cutting it out completely these fucking cowards couldn't commit to a bit they killed a desmond and they thought they thought we would forget I we don't forget to be fair and i'm sure we'll get to it shortly they haven't completely forgot about it and coward like completely cowarded out of it. I swear. So you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm just saying, just that prefacing, was a knife twist. Just that prefacing was... everything with that. <laughs> Stop it, he's already dead. Okay. <laughs> you know what the worst part of this is? To keep up my segue like streak, I kind of have to use the uh the opportunity you just gave me. Um <laughs> Assassin's Creed Infinity is a nebulous term that Ubisoft is using, and I don't think they quite know what the fuck they're talking about here. It is the way we'll be playing Assassin's Creed games in future, apparently, and it will be where the modern day slash animus stuff will take place. Now, look, I'm gonna read just a quote from um franchise the franchise's executive producer mark alexis quote um quote it's not a game per se but rather the single entry point for our fans into the assassin's creed franchise into the future it's not necessarily a launcher it's not a game but it will cost they haven't really called it a service it's not clear how the games will be held there and will it be timed? Will they be? We have to pay for the games as well. Will it be full price games? There's going to be a multiplayer element, but will you? Will that be free? Is this part free? And the games? Nothing has been explained. This thing leaked probably in what, like Feb or so, mm-hmm. and we know what. No one on this goddamn blue marble floating through space knows what the fuck this is. Can I? Can I pitch what I? What I genuinely think Assassin's Creed Infinity is going to be. I think if you played, you know, the Battlefield games and you know how they had those little side menus you could pop out and it had the full list of every Battlefield game that was available on your platform. And then if you owned them all and they were all downloaded on your system, you could just switch between them seamlessly and you could go from Battlefield 1 to Battlefield 5 to Battlefield Hardline and you could just switch through and then jump into the multiplayer modes or whatever. I think that's exactly what Assassin's Creed Infinity is going to be a bit more sophisticated and it'll probably have a lot more modern day lore attached to it. And then, um, you know, they'll have the little nodes. You can go into Assassin's Creed, you know, whatever the, the two that they revealed are coming in the future, but it like, they didn't reveal anything (laughs) specific about infinity that makes it interesting. All they said was here are these two Assassin's Creed games that are coming in the future and they'll be attached to infinity. And And these games look sick, but I just don't know like, where are they going to be held? Like they needed to sit down and show us as part of the presentation. Like this part of Ubisoft forward felt detached from the rest. They shouldn't have revealed it. It was really strangely done, but they should have sat down and said, this is what the future of Assassin's Creed looks like. Mm. And just open up the screen and said, You'll be able to scroll through and play all of our classic hits celebrating the 15 year anniversary of Assassin's Creed. Um, and then they say, and plus, there are going to be two you know, new games coming next year. We'll get Assassin's Creed um, Red, Codename Red, and Codename Hex. Which we'll get into those in a moment because they actually look pretty cool. They, they, need, they can't continue talking about this and bringing it up until people know yeah. what it is. And this isn't just like... Normally, when I rant like this, it's me being stupid, and then in a few days' time, I'll read something. I'm like, oh, wait, I was wrong. Okay. I hope nobody ever corrects me because I'm fragile. But I've seen people who know this shit about games being like, this is so unclear. Mm. They keep saying what it's not, but it's not comparable to anything. That's a that's a. It, it is just a nebulous term at the moment, and it's it's so frustrating as somebody who wants this franchise to go back to being fantastic. This used to be arguably my favorite franchise. It lost its way, it became bloated, and now it's just it's trying to do too much. Mirage is such a step in the right direction, 
and infinity at the same time infinity is a step in the complete wrong direction i i'm torn you make a really good point they it, the marketing problem here is that they providing a lot of qualifiers as to what it isn't and also the things that they're saying it is are extremely vague and don't actually provide any information and so when a customer looks at that they're looking at all those keywords like entry point um a hub and you know a hub that you will unite all of our experiences and all of our players and will be the future of the assassin's creed franchise those kind of keywords are very dangerous because they are the same keywords that people like Zuckerberg use for the metaverse and the same things that other people use for NFTs and blockchains and things like that. They're very vague. And so it automatically puts you into those groups. And so people are very mistrusting right off the bat. And I don't know why they decided to to go with that sort of and reveal. Like, look, the hierarchy at Ubisoft, garbage people throw them in the bin, majority of them for reasons other than development of the game. But what people have been wanting is more transparency. Be clear with people. Uh-huh. Be more open with everything so we can see where things are going wrong and there'll be backlash accordingly. This is shady. They don't want to tell us what it is. And like as an Assassin's Creed um, fan, I've never played these games. Like, you know what I really think these games need? A fucking hub. Just a hub world. Yeah, this would be cool. That's not what these games are. I think um, I, I think Felix are on the money there, though, is it, with it being like some sort of not quite a launcher, not quite a hub, having that pop-out menu and being able to s- flick between them. I think if they really wanted to do like a good thing with it that will also make them lots of money is make it a subscription service as well so that you have access to all of those games. So if you are a new player that may not have played those games before, and I know they've got their Ubisoft subscription already but if you focus in and make it a specific assassin's creed only for someone who may have never played an assassin's creed game or had started playing with origins or odyssey or things like that but never had played all the older ones then you can go cool i can pay 15 bucks a month and i can go back and go through the entire history of assassin's creed because it's proven it's proven that people with subscription if you get people under a subscription model they will forget about it and you will for at least a few months before they decide to cancel it and actively do it, like so that you're going to get money out of them for not doing a whole lot, really. So or even then, consolidate the games you have. Tell people what the roadmap is for the future games. Sony then says, "Hey, Ubisoft, we've already got you as part of our new PlayStation Plus program. We want this part as well. Here's all the money for that." Yeah, like. Sell this as a product, not just to to the user, but also to other companies. Because let's face it, everything's getting acquired nowadays. Ubisoft is partnering up with Sony at the moment. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's so. It it seems to be a common trend of of weird. people talking about what's happening. projects before they probably should, like because they feel like they need to. Um, and I feel like they did that because they re- they were really excited about announcing the other two things that are intrinsically linked with Assassin's Creed Infinity. So, and I think they wanted to, and even still, they didn't have much to say or show or talk about or anything with those. But I think they were just so they were like, oh, we want to get people excited about these. So it was just this sort of like perfect storm of we want to get all this out there, but we don't really know how to explain it yet. So, here it is. Well, let's let's roll into the two games that have been announced as part of Assassin's Creed Infinity. We'll get Assassin's Creed Codename Red, like the Mountain Dew, and Assassin's Creed Codename Hex, which I am so excited for. Well, let's start with Red, though. Red, set in feudal Japan. This is the game we asked for about 10 years ago. Um, they're finally doing it. This is going to be unlike... Uh, Mirage it is going to be a big open world RPG. Uh, my concern is, and I think a lot of people's concern is, we are in a post uh, Ghost of Tsushima world. This has been done now. Indeed. Um, plus, we all also have Where Winds Meet coming out next year, 
which I think is actually really, if, if they're going with the same sort of uh, action vibe as Mirage seems to have, then that game sort of fits that bill as well. I, I love the idea of Red. I think it's a little bit too late. Felix, you're, you're an AC super fan. What do you think? I think it's better late than never for this specific type of Assassin's Creed experience. Like, I think you've already got so many people with Feudal Japan Assassin's Creed. But what is interesting is that it'll it's planned for 2024, and I assume holiday 2024, because that's when they like to release their Assassin's Creed games. I'm wondering when Ghost of Tsushima 2 is going to happen, and if that's going to be around the same time, because that could be a dangerous battle, a dangerous yeah. samurai duel. Also, we also have the um, movie being made. Yes, true. true. That would yes. be almost, you know, to the point of having a trailer by then. Yes, exactly. Or at least being, you know, in, in the sort of zeitgeist. Um, but I, outside of yeah. outside of that meta aspect of it, I think all we really see is a sword and a hidden blade. And they say a, you get to live out a very powerful shinobi fantasy. So I guess it's more like ninja than samurai, which is quite cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's the key differentiator between well, Ghost of Tsushima and and Assassin's Creed Codename Red. So, yeah, that's why I'm, I was like, at first when I saw it, I was like, "Cool, it's Assassin's Creed Ghost of Tsushima. I'll play it. It's gonna be great." Um, but yeah, when you sort of like dive into it a little bit, what little we know, and you see that the, the word Shinobi, it's like, okay, we're going more of a stealth element. We're gonna have that side of things, hopefully. Yes. For sure. It, it does make me super excited and I'll be there day one for that as I am with every Assassin's Creed. Well, the one I'm very intrigued by is Assassin's Creed Project or Codename or whatever the hell they're calling him, Hex. This is set in the uh, the, the witch trials of yore. Um, being led by Clint Hawking, the creative director of Splinter Salt Chaos Theory, Far Cry 2, yay. And Watch Dogs Legion, he said it's going to be a, quote a very different type of Assassin's Creed game. Yes, are we about to get our first horror Assassin's Creed? Because this, all we see is a, is the logo made of like sticks and twigs, and it's so cool. Oh, it looks. I can't believe I'm that excited for a logo. Yeah, me too. It looks amazing. It looks fantastic. I actually have. I I managed to uncover a little bit of information from the community about this um so it's actually you know a bit of a a weird one but it's actually hexe is how you pronounce it and it's an old german word for witch and which is a, a bit of a hint as to where it's potentially going to take place and when um there were leaks some time ago that uh there was an assassin's creed game in the works that was set during the holy roman empire and it seems like this is the one set during the witch trials in Central Europe around the Holy Roman Empire time. Um, so, yeah, it's it seems really, really cool. And if it is that crazy, like, vibe shift from the rest of the series, um, I'm all down for a supernatural horror Assassin's Creed style thing. That's what I'm hoping it's not, though. So... Interesting. I've been just by chance listening to a lot of podcasts lately about the witch trials and they're fascinating and there's no supernatural stuff going on. It's one of the cases where the reality is a lot darker than the myth and you find out that people fucking suck. Okay. There was no monsters and, and demons. They were just very, very bad people um, and a lot of very misguided people. I kind of hope it's that. Where it builds, but you thinking it's gonna be supernatural, but it's not, and it is just a true reflection of how bad people can be. But I know they'll have demons and sorcery and yeah. magical golden apples and all that other the stuff. The thing is, if they, if, I, I would love it to be grounded though. Well, if they're sparing with it though, so it becomes, to the, it gets to the point where you, as the player, aren't sure, and you start to get a bit paranoid about it. Where it's like, okay, will okay this person I'm going off to assassinate or this, this quest line that I'm following right now, is this going to end in like a spooky supernatural face-off or is it just going to be a normal person that's a complete misunderstanding? 
And so if they if they can sort of like pepper it in here and there uh, and make it so it's keeping you on your toes as the player, I think that would be very cool. This is what I want from it. I don't know when, look, the time period doesn't work with this, but I don't care. I want the protagonist to be a woman they went to burn because they thought she was a witch. She escaped, but she was burnt because I want that eagle hood to cover half her face. And maybe that's the creation of the eagle hood. Oh, that'd be cool. Burn off her finger. Oh, be so good. oh, it burnt off anyway. Who gives just a that shit? that little one. Just a- now, before I get into like one last question, I just want to mention also we're getting Assassin's Creed code named Jade. It's coming to mobile. It's a whole thing between Tencent and Ubisoft. Yeah. Uh, you can get it via the, the Netflix app. Little game tab at the bottom. Well, I actually, uh, a big correction there. Yeah. Those are two different Assassin's Creed games. So, Codename Jade is what? an independent. It's from Netflix. The Netflix game is its own thing, which they didn't reveal. They just revealed that it was a project that was occurring. Oh my God, Ubisoft, please. I know. Please they're going stop. all out. Just say things clearly. <laughs> it's insane. If you're going to announce 14 games, <laughs> announce them fucking clearly. So true. Goddamn clowns. Ugh. Well, I want to end with a question. A question without notice. If you guys got to pick a, a location and time period for an Assassin's Creed game, where are you picking? Or even just like a culture. Because I'd want the Mayans. Something to do with the Mayans. I, um, I love the idea of the jungles, going around the jungles and stuff, like an actual thick tropical jungle. And I remember really vividly back years and years ago watching on Fox Cell uh, Deadliest Warrior or whatever the show was called when they used to make the weapons. Yep. And they made these Mayan weapons with like uh, obsidian in the in like, it was like an obsidian club and it had these sharp bits of like dragon glass coming out of it. And apparently that would mess you up. I want one of those in the game a lot. Uh, so I think that could, that could be really, really cool. Plus a lot of cool animals. Three. Um, me uh, personally, what you guys, what do you think? I would love to yeah. see a sort of like a, a Maori assassin or, uh, oh, maybe a first yeah. nations assassin. Uh, yeah. I think that would be really, really awesome. Um, that would be a really, really cool way because, you know, First Nations Australians, the oldest living culture in history. So much storytelling opportunity there that is, you know, largely... You could have the start of the assassins. Uh, yeah, well, like you know... The first assassin, basically. Something like that. But oh, so it would be really, really awesome. I don't know when you'd set it. Um, I think, I guess the temptation would be to set it around the time of colonial, you know, and white people... You know, doing I all the bad things. Beat the shit out of Captain Cook like I beat the shit. Would out of love to do a yeah. fist fight with Captain Cook. I think that would be great. That'd be sick. And I think what I would like really like about that is one of the reasons I don't love the supernatural elements coming into Assassin's Creed games is because they make such a big point to be like the history is so important. They do these documentaries, they do these virtual tours, these learning tours. They understand the the, the actual history is fascinating, and then they feel the need to add in all the supernatural stuff, which doesn't really click with it. I would love that real historical view on Australia's First Nations people because it, it's something that you don't really get taught enough in school. Definitely. So there's a ma- I think everyone, I think a lot, not everyone, but a lot of people have a massive blind spot um, when it comes to that. And I think look, games can be a really powerful learning tool. I, I, I've learned a lot about like ancient cultures playing Assassin's Creed games because you're playing the events that you've heard about. Yeah, and you're meeting so I think you're cool. meeting people who you've heard about in school as well. Like, you know, the most I learned about Da Vinci was playing Assassin's Creed Two. That was where I learned <laughs> about him the most. I think. Yeah. Uh, and same with Three. It's I learned a lot about John Adams. I learned about that whole era. Um, you know, it's it is a very powerful tool, and it also like between between AC3 and Hamilton the musical I know everything about American history <laughs> everything there is to know exactly I think it would everything you need to know it would provide the whole world with a, a, a really good excuse to learn more about first nations australians as well yeah. uh, which is sorely needed 100% unfortunately yes. 
Joel, how about you? Oh, man, I got nothing good now. Like, my, <laughs> beat that. My, that, that this is such a perfect answer, really. I, I, for me, the the one that stuck out in my mind, it was like maybe doing like a 1920s gangster kind of vibe and having like, you know, like early mafia and like um, prohibition and like that kind of era of things. Um I don't know if it would lend itself too much to it, but I feel like that would be a fun place to sort of start and then sort of explore how you could incorporate Assassin's Creed into that. I think and apart from a, that, what time was Syndicate based? The eighteen nineties, yeah, sure. somewhere around there. You know, Joel, you mentioned that. You know, I, I used to actually really like the idea of one based during the Great Depression. Ooh. Yeah, I think yeah. there's an interesting story to be told maybe with the creation of Abstergo and how that happens, Ooh. how that comes into play. <gasps> and, then- and it could be like a, a very old, uh, an old name that, you know, stretches through old money, maybe through illegal or illicit uh, means. Right. Could be interesting story. Yeah. And that's a way to bring back the future stuff. Oh my gosh, the stuff. <laughs> you know, scratch that. You know, I want Assassin's Creed made 2022. <laughs> I was going to say, my my other suggestion was going into the future, like future, future, past, present day, and doing like a futuristic Assassin's Creed. I don't know, you know if that would work, but having like a weird sort of like cyberpunk-esque neon-drenched Assassin's Creed game. Kind of speaks to me and my. So you want Assassin's Creed Blood Dragon? Basically, yeah, yeah, Could but, be but I guess yeah, we'll take itself a bit more seriously. But <laughs> let's go spacefaring assassins, oh. alien assassins. Can you imagine like the jet boost assassination? Oh my, oh my god! Like fifty feet up, fist fighting got- the galactic emperor. Oh, and you've got like rocket space poop, rocket poop, the loser from Futurama. Yeah. You got rocket powered glaves, like uh, gauntlets. So like you know that the, when you attack with the hidden blade, it's just, it's got extra like firepower behind mm. it. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like I mean, like basically just repeating what I said. History is important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'll ever see that happen. To be honest, even no. alternate history. Alternate histories would be pretty cool. That would be very cool. Well, they touched yeah, on that. I'm a suck with that old Assassin's Creed Three DLC, right? King Washington, that alternate history where he became king of the world, basically, and he built a giant pyramid, and you had to go in and kill him. I would like if, seeing how Far Cry games they release the main game, and the next one will be like a smaller one. So you had like four, then oh, you know you had three, then Blood Dragon, then you had four, then Primal, and then you had New Dawn, and so on and so forth. I would love if Assassin's Creed actually took that model and, yep. you know, you have your mainstay games that are your longer RPGs, and then you have smaller uh, stories told within, because that way you got the map already built, you got your world built, you got your characters, yada, yada, yada. It wouldn't be that hard to do. You'd actually make, take big risk and do weird shit like the Washington, King Washington. I think outside of, like, keeping it in the same area, I, I feel like that's what they're kind of doing. Yeah, with like Dawn of Ragnarok kind of did that as well. That big DLC for for Valhalla, they went into the Nine Realms. And- Valhalla won't end. No, you're right. <laughs> they, they're coming out with the thing called like the final chapter or whatever. It won't be. Ubisoft, again, stop lying to us. We know it's not going to be the last chapter. But it seems, it seems to me because like with Mirage being a more like – linear experience and sort of, you know, let's say a 25 to 30 hour experience. And then code codename red is going to be another big boy RPG open world extravaganza. And then Hexe uh, could be another smaller scale game. It kind of seems like that's what they're setting themselves up to do, but who knows? I still don't understand like until infinity, so it's fine. Exactly. <laughs> until we understand what infinity is, we can't even theorize. Right. Thanks, Ubisoft. You're taking the fun out of this, you sons of bitches. Let's end there. I'm getting grumpy at Ubisoft. <laughs> I'm going to go play that. Getting time. grumpy. <laughs> I was born grumpy, okay? Now, if you want to hear my grumpiness and all of our grumpiness, we do have many, many an episode to go back and listen to. We're on Spotify and iTunes if you want to go check them out. Subscribe and leave us a review while you're there as well. Go check out Joel's fantastic podcast he does with our good friend Kyron. It's called Dialogue Options. Great name for a podcast. Give them some love as well. And also, because let 
we just need to plug everyone. Um, Fan Critical Podcast Network. They keep our our metaphysical lights on. Um, go give them some love. They are reviewing at the moment uh, House of the Dragon and Lord of the Rings Rings of Power, two fantastic shows. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on social media, which is handy. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sermon AUS. Or of course, we're on Twitter. Record these podcasts live every week at Sermon AUS. Oh, sorry, twitch.tv forward slash Sermon AUS. Record these live every week. Plus, we have a bunch of gaming streams. We're playing some uh, AFL Evolution of That's Your Bag. Um, we also have return of a few of the OG streamers. Uh, Simon and Scotsman are back this week. So come and give us some love. We have some very cool changes coming in the next month or so so keep an eye out for that also if you go to pax australia pax 2022 i got my tickets today i'm very excited um most of almost all the story mode crew will be there so if you if you see us berate us tell us we're wrong don't hug me i'll get sick. don't look at me don't don't actually um, don't don't look at me don't perceive me <laughs> i'll just up me now if you do want to come yell at me though i am on twitter I'm at Jesse Spanner. Joel, where can people find you? You can find me at Jolie Mac. And Felix, how about yourself? Nichols underscore Felix. That's me. That is you, most dearly. And that's the episode. Guys, thanks for joining in. Thanks for getting mad about Assassin's Creed Infinity. Whatever it is. Who knows? Um... I'm sure we'll have more to say about it in the uh, coming weeks, months, and years. Into the but until then, infinity. Oh, I was right there. Oh, you no. didn't have it. You whiffed it right at the end. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Stay safe. Play some games. And we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.